Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. Welcome back to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. This is episode, what are we on now? 109, I think. Episode, I'm looking, 109. And I'm a little bit later today an hour later. And the reason is my son got a student of the month award. And so we were at a, an assembly for him, um, celebrating him, uh, demonstrating the character trait of dependability. So that's where we're at. But I did get my study in before I went, I just did not have time to record what I learned. So here I am now, um, recording what I learned. Uh, and so today I, I read through chapters five and six of First Timothy, and I really want to focus on chapter six. And there's actually one verse from chapter five that we'll jump back to. But chapter six includes, I don't know if it's one of the most famous scriptures, but it seems like it's one of the most quoted, and maybe I should say one of the most misquoted uh, scriptures there is. And it's uh, the idea that money is the root of all evil, but they don't read that first part, which is, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so I'm reading through this chapter, and I really, really started <clears throat> making notes and noticing things all the way up before that verse. So that verse is verse 10. But in verse 6, you know, Paul starts talking. In, verse, or in chapter 5, it was all about caring for the poor and the widows and the needy and uh, taking care of your family and those types of things. So he's kind of continuing on this line because he says in verse 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. And I thought about that. I'm like, what an interesting phrase. I really love that idea that, you know, being godly, uh, having godliness, uh, but doing so with contentment is great gain. And just this idea of being content with whatever Heavenly Father blesses us with, you know, being grateful. Uh, you know, we, we know that, uh, you know, in Doctrine and Covenants, I can't think of the exact verse right now, but basically it says something to the extent of, you know, in nothing doth man offend the Lord except for when he doesn't acknowledge his hand in all things. So this idea of being content, being grateful, uh, being happy with what you've been given. And then you jump in uh, in verses 7 and 8. And I actually went through and I kind of noted um, all of the things that Paul talks about kind of with regards to money or about money. Um, you know, in verse 7, he says, uh, you know, carrying on of this idea of being of godliness with contentment. He says, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain 
we can carry nothing out. So just this idea of, look, we didn't have any possessions when we came into the world, and we won't take any with us after we leave. And then he says in verse 8, And having food and raiment, let us be there therewith content. And I started to think about that, and it's like, okay. So Paul's saying, look, as long as you have your needs taken care of, you should be grateful. You should be content with that. You should be happy and recognize and be, uh, you know, and have gratitude that you have been thus blessed, you know, and, and we, you know, every once in a while I think about that and, and I remind my kids of that. And we have those conversations that, um, man, you know, the fact that we have heat in our house now that it's getting down to like 15 degrees at night, the fact that we have heat in our house is something to be really grateful for, you know, and yeah, sometimes it's a little cooler than we want. And, you know, you know, man, we complain about it being cold when we leave the house or whatever, but you know, we have vehicles that can take us to where we need to go. And, and we have a house that's warm and we have blankets and we have food. Um, even though my kids always say, there's nothing to eat in the house. Well, that's not true. <laughs> there's plenty to eat. There's just nothing that they want at that moment. But just this idea that if you have food and you have clothing and a place to stay, you should be content. You should be happy with that. And then he says in verse 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. But if you look in the Greek at the bottom, the, the Greek uh, alternate translation, instead of saying they, uh, they that will be rich, it says those desiring to be rich. And I think that's an interesting clarification because, you know, in other words, the people that fall into uh, temptation and snares and foolish and hurtful lusts um, aren't necessarily the people that are rich. It's the people whose sole focus is on being rich, whose main goal is to make money, who all they care about is getting you know that next thing. And that's very different than having uh, material wealth. Um, this idea of, of their focusing, their desire is to become rich. Um, and then that's where Paul goes in and says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, he says, uh, which while some coveted after, they have er erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many errors. And so and then he goes into some counsel and stuff, and he basically says, look, what you need to do is you need to, instead of following after riches, you need to follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. You know, you need to do those things. <clears throat> and then I think it's interesting. He jumps. Let's jump ahead here a few verses. And he tells Timothy, he says, charge them that are rich in this world. So he's saying, tell, this is what you need to tell the people that are rich. And, you know, if, if it was money that's the root of all evil, this counsel that Paul's about to give really should be, you know, charge them that are rich in this world. Tell those that are rich in this world to get rid of it all as quick as they can. Just get rid of it. It's evil. But that's not what he says. It's not what he says at all. He says that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So I made a note, or I made a list, because that's apparently the theme of what I'm going to do this week, is just make, make a list of things. And I said, okay, so if you have material wealth, if you are rich in this world, as he says, what do you need to do? And let's be honest, most of you listening to this are probably rich compared to a lot of people. So this applies to us. It's not just multimillionaires. It, it applies to those of us in, in developed countries, you know, in, in countries that are first world, that 
Um, you know, our biggest challenge is, geez, it's only 70 degrees in my house instead of 72, you know, or 74. Or, oh my goodness, my car, it took 10 minutes for it to warm up on the way to the way to town today or on the way to my, my errands. Or, um, man, there's nothing that I want to eat in the house. Not there's nothing in the house to eat, nothing I want to eat. We're probably rich. So here's the things I got, you know, be not high-minded, you know, high-minded. So it's, you know, don't think that you're somehow better or smarter or um, more loved by your father in heaven just because you have material wealth. Um, then it says, don't trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God. So place your faith in, faith in the right things, you know, have faith in God, believe in God, not your money or your finances, which goes back to, you know, the old Testament where it says thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's not just gods. It's anything that we put before God. So if we put making money ahead of God, if it's, oh, I always, you know, I, you know, I got, I got to stay late and work. And that means I can't, um, you know, I can't, you know, serve in a calling or, you know, I, I just, I have to work, so I can't make it to church ever. Now I know there's some, some, um, some professions where you have to work on Sunday. And that's not what I'm talking about. It's what's your focus? You know, are you looking for ways to make it to church? Are you looking for ways to live the gospel? Or are you looking for ways not to, because something else is more important? Um, you know, and then, and then the other thing is you're realizing and recognizing who gave you the things that you have. You know, who gave you your material possessions? Who blessed you with those things? And it's God, obviously, you know, because it says, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So he gives it to us and he wants us to enjoy them. But we need to recognize where they come from. Uh, and then it says that we need to do good and be rich in good works. So um, we need to do good. We need to use our means and our possessions and our time and our talents to do good and to provide and perform good works. That's why it's been given to us, so that we can serve others, so we can help others with it. And then all this idea of ready to distribute, you know, ready to uh, to help when the opportunity comes. You know, I this is a, one of the the examples I always think of when I think of something like this. Being willing and ready to serve is, uh, you know, my parents aren't members of the church; they still aren't um, to this day, but they are active in their church, and you know, things are done a little differently. And so, if they need in their church, if they need something built. The local congregation has to do that. They have to provide the funds. You know, it's not just a, a church building is built by, you know, tithing funds from the church like it is in our church. They have to do that. And I will never forget one time when I was a kid, my dad was president of the congregation. So kind of the, you know, not the pastor, but kind of the, running the rest of the church and that kind of stuff. Um, volunteer position. Uh, I think he was that for one or two years. And I remember him standing up in front of the congregation and saying, you know, we need to I think they were updating for uh, handicap accessibility. So, you know, we need to to do this, this, and this, um, and I'm willing uh, to donate $1,000 to do it. And he said it in front of everybody. And he just kind of put his money where his mouth was. And I thought that was really cool. And so it's this idea of being willing to take what you have. Uh, and my, my parents aren't rich by any means, uh, but he was willing to distribute. He was ready to distribute when the need arose. And I think that's the way we need to be. I think we need to, to be willing and know that if somebody needs help, we're there. You know, if the bishop stands up in in uh, sacrament meeting or comes to us afterwards and says, "Hey, we really need to increase our fast offerings. We've got a lot of people that are in need," or "Hey, we have this uh, young man or this young woman that wants to go on a mission, but they can't quite afford it. Can can you help?" Um, or you know, church leaders say, "Hey, there's there's been a major disaster and we need assistance." You know, are we ready? Are we ready to distribute? Are we ready to to provide that um, from the means that we have? And then it says, uh, willing to communicate. And I'm not sure exactly. I, I wrote in my notes here, 
Um, I said, not, not sure what this, how this fits in, where it fits. So I'm not real sure what it means by ready to communicate or willing, willing to communicate. Um, so I'm just going to leave that at that. If maybe, you know, please let me know. I'm curious. Uh, and then it says in verse 19, laying up in store for them or for themselves, a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So laying up in store for themselves, I, I thought about, you know, self-reliance, you know, uh, food storage, uh, you know, having an emergency fund, doing those types of things, uh, wisely taking care of your money so that it will support you and provide a good foundation in the times to come. And then that made me jump back and remember in chapter five, where Paul says in verse verse eight, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So Paul says, look, you know, one of your major responsibilities is to provide for your family. And then that goes to this verse 19, where it says, you know, laying up in store for yourselves uh, a foundation, you know, putting away uh, some money, putting away some food storage, doing those things that you need to do to make sure that your family's taken care of and you're taken care of, uh, regardless of the circumstances. So this was a really good chapter. I really enjoyed it because this is something, and maybe we'll talk about this in the in a future episode. My my friend John and I had a really good conversation a while back about um, about money and, and the value of it and the purpose of it, and um, you know what good can be done of it, and, and and a little bit of how I feel you know Heavenly Father views money and the good that can be done from it. And so maybe we'll talk about that in future future episode. But because of that conversation. I was really interested in reading this chapter and I learned a lot and I hope you did too. Um, and recognize one that, you know, by most standards of, uh, of most of the world, most of you listening to this probably are pretty well off. You're probably listening to it on a phone that costs, um, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, um, or a computer that costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, and because of that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a substantial portion of, of a yearly income for, for much of the world. So uh, we are fortunate. We are blessed, even if we don't necessarily feel like it all the time. And as long as we're doing what we can to utilize that money to do good for others um, and to provide for our families, then that's what Heavenly Father expects of us. So hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, you can get everything we talked about at everydayconversion.com forward slash 109. And uh, look forward to seeing you in a future episode. Also, if you're listening to this today, the day I'm recording it, happy Halloween. Uh, have a great Halloween. Uh, I already dressed up this morning to go to the gym. And I'll be dressing up again this afternoon uh, for trick-or-treating around uh, the businesses in our town with my kids. And then also the trunk-or-treat uh, for, our, for our wards here in, in my town. So have a wonderful Halloween. Have a great time. Uh, be safe. And we will see you in the next episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line 
align with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.